O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, May 24th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week, we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bred Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Behalachka, and it means, In Your Going Up. Numbers 9, 1-23 Hashem spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai on the first new moon of the second year, following the exodus from the land of Egypt, saying, Let Benai Israel offer the Pesach sacrifice at its set time. You shall offer it on the fourteenth day of this month, at twilight, at its set time. You shall offer it in accordance with all its rules and rites. Moses instructed the Israelites to offer the Pesach sacrifice. And they offered the Pesach sacrifice in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, in the wilderness of Sinai. Just as Hashem had commanded Moses, so the Israelites did. But there were some men who were unclean by reason of a corpse, and could not offer the Pesach sacrifice on that day. Appearing that same day before Moses and Aaron, those men said to them, Unclean though we are by reason of a corpse, why must we be debarred from presenting Hashem's offering at its set time with the rest of the Israelites? Moses said to them, Stand by and let me hear what instructions Hashem gives about you. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Bnei Israel, saying, When any of you or of your posterity, who are defiled by a corpse, 
or are on a long journey would offer a Pesach sacrifice to the Lord. They shall offer it in the second month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, and they shall not leave any of it over until morning. They shall not break a bone of it. They shall offer it in strict accord with the law of the Pesach sacrifice. But if a man who is clean and not on a journey refrains from offering the Pesach sacrifice, that person shall be cut off from his kin, for he did not present Hashem's offering at its set time. That man shall bear his guilt. And when a stranger who resides with you would offer a Pesach sacrifice to Hashem, he must offer it in accordance with the rules and rites of the Pesach sacrifice. There shall be one Torah for you, whether stranger or citizen of the country. On the day that the Mishkan was set up, the cloud covered the Mishkan, the tent of the meeting, and in the evening it rested over the Mishkan in the likeness of fire until morning. It was always so. The cloud covered it, appearing as fire by night. And whenever the cloud lifted from the tent, the Israelites would set out accordingly, and at the spot where the cloud settled, there the Israelites would make camp. At a command of Hashem, the Israelites broke camp, and at a command of Hashem, they made camp. They remained encamped as long as the cloud stayed over the Mishkan. When the cloud lingered over the Mishkan many days, the Israelites observed the Lord's mandate and did not journey on. At such times as the cloud rested over the Mishkan, but for a few days, they remained encamped at a command of the Lord and broke camp at a command of the Lord. And at such times as the cloud stayed from evening until morning, they broke camp as soon as the cloud lifted in the morning. Day or night, whenever the cloud lifted, they would break camp. Whether it was two days, or a month, or a year, however long the cloud lingered over the Mishkan, the Israelites remained encamped and did not set out. Only when it lifted did they break camp. On a sign from Hashem they made camp, and on a sign from Hashem they broke camp. They observed Hashem's mandate as Hashem's bidding through Moses. 2 Samuel 4, 1-6-23 When Ishbosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost heart, and all Israel was alarmed. The son of Saul had two company commanders, one named Bena and the other named Rechab, sons of Rimmon the Berothite. Benjamite, since Beeroth, too, was considered part of Benjamin. The Beerothites had fled to Gitaim, where they have sojourned to this day. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son whose feet were crippled. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came to Israel, and his nurse picked him up and fled. But as she was fleeing in haste, he fell and was lamed. His name was Mephibosheth. 
Rechab and Bana, sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, started out, and they reached the home of Ishbosheth at the heat of the day, when he was taking his midday rest. So they went inside the house, as though fetching wheat, and struck him in the belly. Rechab and his brother Bana slipped by, and entered the house while he was asleep on his bed in his bedchamber. They stabbed him to death. They cut off his head and took his head and made their way all night through the Arabah. They brought the head of Ishbosheth to David in Hebron. Here, they said to the king, is the head of your enemy, Ishbosheth, son of Saul, who sought your life. This day Hashem has avenged my lord the king upon Saul and his offspring. But David answered Rechab and his brother, Bana, the sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, and said to them, As the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every trouble, the man who told me in Ziglag that Saul was dead thought he was bringing good news. But instead of rewarding him for the news, I seized and killed him. How much more, then, when wicked men have killed a blameless man in bed in his own house, I will certainly avenge his blood on you, and I will rid the earth of you. David gave orders to the young men who killed them. They cut off their hands and feet and hung them up by the pool in Hebron. And they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the grave of Abner at Hebron. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. Long before now, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led Israel in war. And Hashem said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel. You shall be ruler of Israel. All the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a pact with them in Hebron before Hashem, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned forty years. In Hebron he reigned over Yehudah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Yehudah thirty-three years. The king and his men set out for Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the region. David was told, You will never get in here. Even the blind and the lame will turn you back. They meant, David will never enter here. But David captured the stronghold of Zion. It is now the city of David. On that occasion, David said, Those who attack the Jebusites shall reach the water channel and strike down the lame and the blind, who are hateful to David. That is why they say no one who is blind or lame may enter the house. David occupied the stronghold and renamed it the city of David. David also fortified the surrounding area from the Milo inward. David kept growing stronger for Hashem, the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Saviot, was with him. King Hiram of Tyre sent envoys to David with cedar logs, carpenters, and stone masons. They built a palace for David. Thus David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingship for the sake of his people Israel. 
After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to David. These are the names of the children born to him in Jerusalem, Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, and Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphelet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, the Philistines marched up in search of David. But David heard of it, and he went down to the fastness. The Philistines came and spread out over the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of Hashem, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And Hashem answered David, Go up, and I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. Thereupon David marched to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. And he said, Hashem has broken through my enemies before me, as waters break through a dam. That is why that place was called Baal Perizim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Once again the Philistines marched up and spread out over the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go up, but circle around behind them and confront them at the Baca trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the Baca trees, then go into action, for the Lord will be going in front of you to attack the Philistine forces. David did as the Lord had commanded him, and he routed the Philistines from Geba all the way to Gezer. David again assembled all the picked men of Israel, 30,000 strong. Then David and all the troops that were with him set out from Balaam of Yehuda to bring up from there the Ark of Hashem, to which the name was attached, the name Yahweh Savayot, the Lord of hosts, enthroned on the cherubim. They loaded the Ark of Hashem onto a new cart and conveyed it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Abinadab's sons Uzzah and Ohio guided the new cart. They conveyed it from Abinadab's house on the hill, Uzzah walking alongside the Ark of Hashem, and Ohio walking in front of the Ark. Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel danced before Hashem to the sound of all kinds of cypress wood instruments, with lyres, harps, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. But when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out for the ark of Hashem and grasped it, for the oxen had stumbled. The Lord was incensed with Uzzah, and the Lord struck him down on the spot for his indiscretion and he died there beside the ark of Hashem. David was distressed because Yahweh had inflicted a breach upon Uzzah, and that place was named Peretz Uzzah, as it is still called. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can I let the ark of Hashem come to me? So David would not bring the ark of Hashem to his place in the city of David. Instead, David diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. 
The Ark of Hashem remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months, and Hashem blessed Obed-Edom and his whole household. It was reported to King David, Hashem has blessed Obed-Edom's house and all that belongs to him because of the Ark of Hashem. Thereupon David went and brought up the Ark of Hashem from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David amid rejoicing. When the bearers of the Ark of Hashem had moved forward six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. David whirled with all his might before the Lord. David was girt with a linen ephod. Thus David and all the house of Israel brought up the Ark of Hashem with shouts and with blasts of the shofar. As the Ark of Hashem entered the city of David, Michelle, daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him for it. They brought in the Ark of Hashem and set it up in its place inside the tent, which David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and offerings of well-being before Hashem. When David finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being, he blessed the people in the name of Yahweh Saveot, the Lord of hosts. And he distributed among all the people, the entire multitude of Israel, man and woman alike, to each a loaf of bread, a cake made in a pan, and a raisin cake. Then all the people left for their homes. David went home to greet his household, and Michelle, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Didn't the king of Israel do himself honor today, exposing himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects, as one of the riffraff might expose himself? David answered Michelle, It was before Hashem who chose me instead of your father and all his family and appointed me ruler over Hashem's people, Israel. I will dance before Hashem and dishonor myself even more and be low in my own esteem. But among the slave girls that you speak of, I will be honored. So to her dying day, Michelle, daughter of Saul, had no children. John thirteen thirty one to fourteen fourteen. Therefore, when he Judas was gone out, Yeshua said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where do you go? Yeshua answered him, Where I go you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow you now? 
I will lay down my life for your sake. Yeshua answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, The cock shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not where you go, and how can we know the way? Yeshua said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Yeshua said to him, Have I been so long time with you, yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how say you then, Show us the Father? Believe you not not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sakes. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Psalm 119, 17-32 Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of your Torah. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul breaks for the longing that it has unto your judgments at all times. You have rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from your commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but your servant did meditate in your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Quicken me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you have heard me. Teach me your statutes. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. My soul melts for heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me your Torah graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have I laid before me. 
I have stuck unto your testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of your commandments when you shall enlarge my heart. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32 The ear that hears the reproof of life abides among the wise. He that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. I'd like to speak to you today from 2 Samuel, from the chapters that we read there, 4 through 6, and then we're going to jump into the New Testament in John chapter 13 and 14. And so in 2 Samuel chapter 4, we see a scene where Rechab and Bena decide to take matters in their own hands and they kill Ishbosheth, the son of Saul. And then they approach David to tell him, Hey, we've killed off your enemy, Ishbosheth, son of Saul, thinking that they're going to get rewarded. But David is not pleased with this behavior at all. And in verse 11, he says to them, well, let's start with verse 10. He says to them, The man who told me in Ziglag that Saul was dead thought he was bringing good news. But instead of rewarding him for the news, I seized and killed him. Verse 11, How much more then? when wicked men have killed a blameless man in bed in his own house. I will certainly avenge his blood on you, and I will rid the earth of you. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David helps establish an important principle of military ethics. One may not wantonly kill, even to advance a just cause. While one must kill in self-defense, The murder of innocence is a crime. This truth is taken to heart by the IDF, whose soldiers often risk their lives to avoid unintentionally killing civilians. Often, dangerous house-to-house combat is chosen over safer aerial bombings in order to minimize the number of civilian casualties. The enemies of Israel are aware of this, and have been known to take advantage of the kindness and morality of the IDF by positioning their weapons and fighters near schools, homes, and hospitals. But this has not deterred the Israeli army from being the world's most moral military force. So let's continue on in this uh, chapter, chapter 5. And it says in verse 4, David was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 40 years. And then he moved his operation, his power base from Hebron up to Jerusalem. And in verse 7 it is written, But David captured the stronghold of Zion. It is now the city of David. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Once the entire nation of Israel unites behind King David, he is able to conquer the holy city of Jerusalem from the pagan Jebusites and to rule there for 33 years. His palace is located in the city of David, just outside the present walls of the old city of Jerusalem. After 15 years of archaeological excavations at this site, a Canaanite fortress dating back to the 18th century BCE, was uncovered. This impressive structure 
is the largest fortress to have been discovered in Israel from before the time of King Herod. It protects the Gihon Spring, where Solomon is anointed king, making it possible to access the spring only from within the city of Jerusalem. As this verse describes, when King David enters the city, he conquers the stronghold of Zion from the Jebusites, quite possibly referring to this very fortress discovered thousands of years later. Visitors to modern-day Jerusalem can visit the site and be inspired by seeing first-hand evidence of the truth of the Bible. And I would verify and validate that. Um, when you go to visit Israel and you go to Jerusalem, you must see the city of David. It's right outside of the old city, the walls of the old city. And you will see Hezekiah's tunnel. You will see that spring, that hidden spring. And it's a very beautiful place, and it's quite amazing to go through it. Now, continuing on in this same chapter, verse 12, it is written, It was reported to King David, Hashem has blessed Obed-Edom's house and all that belongs to him because of the ark of Hashem. Thereupon David went and brought up the ark of Hashem from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David amid rejoicing. Now remember, they were carrying the ark on a cart. And when Uzzah put his hand out to keep the ark from falling, Uzzah was struck dead. They were not following proper protocol. They were supposed to put the ark on two poles, and then the poles rest on the shoulders of the Kohen. And so it's very important, because the ark is holy, very, very holy. So the ark was resting, staying at the home of Obed-Edom. Now the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David is ready to bring the Holy Ark to the city of David, also known as Zion and Jerusalem. He does this with great joy, participating personally in the festive dancing. Bringing the Holy Ark to Jerusalem transforms the city, making it the spiritual in addition to political capital of the nation. Once the Beit HaMikdash, or temple, is built, the people will bring their sacrifices to Jerusalem and be inspired by the divine presence that rests there. Jerusalem then becomes the eternal focal point of the Jewish people and all who seek closeness with the Almighty. Finally, in chapter 7, verse 13, it is written, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. Uh, I'm going to back up to verse 12. When your days are done, and you lie with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own issue, and I will establish his kingship. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David wants to build that Beit HaMikdash, the temple for the Lord. However, the Lord tells him that his son, not he, will build it. As the king who helps conquer the land of Israel, fights Amalek, and solidifies the monarchy, King David plays an important part in the process of establishing the Israelites in their land. 
He is even able to make preparations for the building of the Beit HaMikdash. However, as a warrior, he cannot be the one to build the Holy Temple, which is intended to promote peace and harmony among Israel and all the nations of the world. Additionally, as the service in the Beit HaMikdash brings people closer to God and helps atone for their sins and prolongs life, it cannot be built by a warrior who shortens the lives of others. Therefore, David's role ends after defeating Amalek and his son Solomon, a man of peace, becomes God's choice to build the world's holiest site, the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, in Jerusalem. The last thing I want to cover with you today is from John. And it's in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Profound words. Deep words. Now in the Hebrew Scriptures, with the Torah from Moses, we have 613 commandments. A lot of those commandments we cannot keep because, first of all, we're not living in Israel, we're not living in Jerusalem, and there is no temple. It was destroyed. So many of those commands have to do with living in the land and have to do with the temple. But nevertheless, there are 613 commands. And Yeshua is going to give only one new command to love one another as I have loved you. This is a peak and a pinnacle and a mountaintop of the entire Bible. And this is what we will be judged on one day when we meet the Father face to face. He's not going to ask us, did you answer all your emails? Did you get all your tasks done? Did you keep your house clean? He's going to ask, did you love my people? Did you love each other well? And even Yeshua says, love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So may this be something that we carry with us deep in our heart. And may we walk it out every day. May we love each other well. Even when someone is unlovable, is difficult, is hard to deal with, even when someone offends us, hurts us deeply, may we choose to forgive and may we walk in love. And that may that be the character trait that they see in our life. That's a true disciple of Yeshua. They love people. May you walk in the love of Yeshua, our Messiah, this day. Adonai, Anah.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.